This life-changing message is brought to you by Strong Christian Church, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. God bless you as you listen to this message. Father in heaven, we thank you. Thank you for loving us and choosing us. Thank you for making us your children and causing us to bear your name. We know it is out of your love for us. That is why you have been loyal and faithful to us, not because of anything we have done. And therefore, we sing your praises. We declare that there is no God like you. And we also would love you in return through the help of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we recognize your presence this morning as we ask you to please lead us into the things of God. Empower us with understanding Give us strength in our inner man to walk in the truth that we receive. Not only for today, but for the rest of our lives. That God's will and God's purposes will be manifested in our lives to the glory of his name. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you. You looked at the cross. You looked at us. And you went to the cross because of us as you saw our misery. You suffered at the hands of Pontius Pilate. You stayed on the cross. Forsaking, you still remain faithful to that which you have set yourselves to do. Therefore, we exalt you and we declare that your name is above every name. And we thank you that at the mention of your name, every knee will bow, including our knees. Of things in heaven, of things on earth, and things beneath the earth. Because you are the king of kings, the great high priest. We thank you for being our high priest, making intercession for us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you very much. I don't know whether this is a proper place to say thank you to my dear wife for being the beautiful wife that I have. Hallelujah. You know how, please sit down, how difficult a situation becomes or how easy it becomes to go through depends on who is standing by you. Do you get it? And when you have around you somebody that makes you feel special, you forget your problems and your pain and you just enjoy the specialness. Amen. May you also have people in your life that makes you feel special. And may you also make people feel special. I, I thought you were going to say a louder amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, this morning, as the Lord would have us to go through his word, I have been talking or speaking on the subject of faith. 
And, and the reason why I'm speaking on a subject of faith is because that is what we are to live by. In Hebrews 10, 38, the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. Like breath. Faith is the breath of the life that will please God. The life that will that God will look at this life and say, This life is pleasing to me. That life will be the life that is sustained by their confidence in God. You see, so the demonstration of trust, of confidence in God in all his dimensions is pleasing to God. I don't know if you understand it. Because you see, the world we live in has made us to believe that we are the most important thing. That's ourselves. If, if it benefits me, then it's good. It doesn't matter how many people it doesn't benefit. Are you with me? The world has made us to have that belief that whatever benefits me is good, no matter the cost to others. And, and this comes from the fact that we've been made to see that like everything around us is for our purpose and for our benefit. So it's like everything is, if it's fine with me, it's fine. It doesn't matter who else it hurts. It doesn't matter who else it hurts. Once I'm okay and it makes me happy, to hell with others. But you see, and, and, and it doesn't make sense because, because there is nothing that we have made There's nothing we have made. I mean, nothing depends on our existence. Yeah, think about it. Think about it. What depends on your existence? If, if things depended on your existence, you, would, you should never die. Even, even your own child, your own child, does not depend on your existence. Otherwise, mothers will not die at childbirth. I mean, think about it. So it's like, what, what fallacy or what, what... I mean, let me choose better words. But what, what sort of thinking is this that will make you believe that everything around you if it benefits you, it's okay. It doesn't matter what it costs. But you see, not so with God. And, and the correct thinking, the correct thinking that we are to have is that everything depends on God and everything is about God. Why should everything be about God? 
Why should everything and not, why why should not everything be about me? And why should it be about God? You are just standing there now. You are explaining to me that nothing, nothing, everything should not be about me. I hear you. But why should it be about God? Why should it not be about us? I don't know if you understand my questions. Why should it be about God? It should be about God because in him does all things consist. Colossians 1, 16 or thereabouts talks about a father. Everything was made for him and nothing was made without him. It says, verse 16, for by him were all things created. No, the things were created by him, by him. Please, maybe read it in English for us so that we can understand the English. You see, it says, through his power, all things were made. So, you see, this, at this point, if everything is about him, it's rightfully so. we say we have made like how can you say that but we have made the aeroplane God didn't make the aeroplane let me ask you a question let me ask you a question you made the aeroplane with the engine but let me ask you what is the aeroplane without the wind I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. You see, the human being has no single reason to even contend with God. Because let me, okay, you've invented, what is the aeroplane without the wind? And which factory have you been making the wind? I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. You see, the more I think and analyze things, the more I realize that before God, I'm nothing. And the most beautiful thing I can do is to acknowledge God as everything in my life. Because of a truth, everything is God. Is by God, for God, and is God. I mean, your, our pride. Meanwhile, you don't even know who tells your heart to beat. You don't even know who instructs your heart to beat. So you see, through his power, all things were made. Some things, all things. And the Bible says, from heaven on earth and beneath visible and invisible rulers, lords, powers, authority everything was made through Christ and for Christ so to act for a human being to acknowledge this fact and therefore live for this fact is, is, is the most sensible thing a human being can do Are you with me? So, so if the one, if your life 
You see, you must live your life with one aim. To please my maker. That, is, that should be your primary aim. Before anything else. That should be your number one aim. To please my maker. So when the Bible says that it is living by faith that will please your maker, then you have to know and learn how to live by faith. You have to know and learn all about faith so that you can walk in it because that is what will please your maker. That is what will please my maker. But to learn about history, to learn about maths, to learn about all these things and not to learn about how to please your maker is to waste your time. All those things will not profit you the way they could profit you if your maker is not pleased with you. In fact, all those things in the absence of your maker in your life has the tendency of making you a fool in every respect. Oh yes, oh yes. Oh yes. Hallelujah. So when the Bible says that the just shall live by faith, Hebrews 10.38, it is important for us to learn about faith and to know what it is and what it is not so that we would walk and live by faith. Amen. I said amen. amen. Good. He said now, give us, give us ERV. It says now, the just shall live by faith. So it says the person who is right with me will live by trusting in me. Trusting in my power Trusting in my love. Trusting in my, my instructions. Trusting in my guidance of you. Trusting in the purposes that I give your life to. You see, faith has been taught to us if you've been a Christian for long, many of us not so, but most the prominent aspect of faith has been based on our confessions, what we say, which is based on what we want, not even what God wants. So most preachers of faith have led us to believe that if you want something, you say it, you must have it. But you see, as I'm sharing even on this subject, I'm realizing that faith is it's like a, a university with many faculties. Do you get it? Making one faculty prominent to the neglect of the other faculties makes it not a university. And that is what I learned even in my own personal life when it had to do with walking in love. I realized that I was walking 
in push in the some parts of love. Like I was walking in the hand of love. I was walking in the stomach of love. But I was not walking in the leg of love. I was not walking in the ear of love. I was not walking in the mouth of love. But you see, the deception is once you walk in one or two, you think you are walking in everything. But you see, it is walking in everything. And sometimes the portion that you are not walking in is actually the portion that you should walk in in your dealing with somebody or that's actually the portion that will actually elevate you. So I just said that, you see, it's a trusting, trusting in me. And I mentioned trusting in his power. His power able to do whatever he wants you to do. Trusting in his love of you, in his love for you, for you. Because many of us don't trust in the love of God even. We, we don't believe that God loves us. Is it important? It's very important. Why? Because, you see, unless you believe in the love of God, in its height, width, and depth, are you with me? Unless you believe in it, in its height, how high it can go, how wide it goes, and how deep it goes, what will happen is that Satan will deceive you out of your relationship with God. How? By making you do things that you know God has said don't do. And he will tell you, Satan will tell you that because you did what God said you shouldn't do, he doesn't love you anymore. But you see, when you know the length, the breadth, the height, the depth of the love of God, you will discover that I cannot, there's nothing I can do that will make God not love me anymore. And therefore, when I even have done something wrong, I can still go back to God and tell him I was wrong, you are right. And, and expect him to correct whatever wrong I have done and still continue with me. No, this, is, this is very important. Why, why is it so? Because many people have killed themselves because they felt that they have done something that their parents cannot forgive them. One day I told my daughter, there's nothing you can do that I cannot forgive you. And there's nothing you can do that I cannot handle. So just in case Satan misleads you, don't believe that you can't come back to me. You know why? Because I had just experienced a, 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 60, I mean, a child of the same age who was found in the school toilet with a girl. And the, it was getting to matric time. And the headmaster or the principal told the boy to go and bring his parents Otherwise, he will not write the matric. And the boy didn't know how the parents, or in the boy's thoughts, this is the last thing I want my parents to know about me. You know, some of us, we are two. 
We are we in the house and we outside the house. We are two. You see, we are actually three in one in terms of your your spirit, your soul, and your body. Do you get it? But in the body or in the, in the soul or whichever one, there are two of you in terms of your behavior. The parents know you in one way and your friends outside and the people outside know you in another way. In the church, in our church, we call it duality. So it's like it's two people in one person. So this boy couldn't bear going to tell the father or the parents that the headmaster wants you or the principal wants you for them to know that he was found with the girl in the toilet. But listen, listen. Why should you kill yourself? And the boy killed himself. This incident happened today. The following day, when the parents went to work, instead of going back to school, he hanged himself in the house. In the house. And, and the question I want to think of, if, if he was rooted in the love, he understood the breadth, the height, the length, the depth of the love, the father and the parents have for him. He would never have thought that this thing warrants his death. I hope you understand what I'm saying. I mean, this is not the message. I, I have something, but I just feel that probably this is a very important point to emphasize. Are, are you with me? It's, it's very important. We're trusting in God. Trusting in him. But in, in what, which part of him are we to trust? And we are trusting in his power. That his power is unlimited. And therefore, nothing can stop him from bringing to pass what we need or what he needs to bring to pass, no matter the opposition. Are you with me? No matter the opposition that we will meet, no matter how the situation will turn around, you know, sometimes it's like the car has somersaulted, the car is beyond repair. You see, it's beyond human repair, but it's not beyond God's repair. And you see, if you understand this, and if you are very rooted in this, you will look at the damaged car and say, I can't repair this car, but I know God will repair it. Oh, yeah. and, so, and so, your response to the accident oh, yes. would reflect in what you believe, that God will repair this car. So, I must not give up to frustration and to a feeling that um, it's over. understanding what I'm saying. And you see this, these aspects, they, they, are the, they are the pillars upon which your work with him must stand. And you know, sometimes we are so busy working, we don't check the pillars well. So when Satan, and you see, I was telling my wife this morning as we were coming down, we are not in an environment without satanic influence. We are not in an environment that does not interact with us. We are in an environment that interacts with us and we are in an environment that is controlled by Satan. Because the Bible identifies him as the God of this world. 
So we must always walk with God, having prepared and made sure that our foundations are clear and strong and solid. Because as for attack, as for attack, are you with me? Oh, Satan will attack you. No, no, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. No matter how much the presence of God is with you, Satan will come for you. What is my evidence? My evidence is that Jesus, when he was baptized, the Bible says, and the spirit like a dove descended upon him, but it did not still scare away Satan from coming to him and telling him that if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Oh, no, no, no. As for Satan, once you are in his, once he's playing home, on earth here, Satan is playing home. It's his home ground, so he would definitely, he's not scared by how much you are anointed. He's not, he's not scared because he's not coming to fight the anointing toe-to-toe. But he's coming to, to make you disbelieve God. Knowing that God has said that the one who will please him will be the one who trusts in him. So if Satan can get you not to trust in God, he has gotten you. Because if Satan can get you not to trust in God, you do things that makes you not trust in God and therefore you not be pleasing to God. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So, so in, in terms of, in the aspect of the love, this boy could not trust in the depth of love that the parents have for him. And you see, sometimes as parents, we don't tell you that the characteristics you are displaying is actually what we gave to you. All you hear from us is don't do this, don't do this. But we know the source of it. Do you get it? We know the source of it. So in, we have to say don't do it because we know its effect. But if, when you have done it, you see, we don't have the moral right to behave as if we've never done it before. Because we have conscience. So when you have done it, we will find a way of sorting it out because we know the source of it. That You see, you have been caught with the girl in the toilet, but your father was... Many of the things he did is, 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 more, is far beyond that. So if the headmaster or the principal tells him that your son was found with the toilet, say, don't do that again. You should be serious. But he knows in himself... That in his head days. Do you get it? In his head days, he was wilder than you. But you see, here comes this boy. He kills himself. We don't know where he is. Because when you kill yourself, I, I, can't, I can't give you a clear answer that when you kill yourself, you go to heaven. I can't, I don't know. Do you get it? But he, he, first of all, he didn't think of 
the love that the parents have for him. And therefore, he ended his life. He was not depressed. Because, you see, a depressed person will kill themselves, but because they are depressed. But this boy was not depressed. This boy did not trust in his parents' love that they can handle anything that comes his way. You see, that's why the songwriter says, he's able to handle anything that comes my way. He's able, he said, he's more than able. But you see, because we don't believe it, that is why we will not walk in a way that exhibits our confidence in his ability. And I tell you, one of the nicest things as a parent that you'd experience is when your children have confidence in your ability. Oh, it's, it's very nice. I tell you, it's nicer than a bottle of vodka. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know what can be compared to the expression of confidence in your ability by your child. You know, there are some things you, don't, you will never know it until you get there. And I, I also never knew what it, what it does to you as a parent when your child expresses confidence in your ability. You will soon get there in Jesus' name. Yes. I said you will soon get there in Jesus' name. Yes. You will experience it. Oh, yes. And in the same way, God would want us to express confidence in his love for us. And that was why, you see, that was why Paul actually prayed about it. He says, which verse is it? That you may know the length, is it? Uh, 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 Galatians 3 something or Ephesians, Ephesians 3 16 or so. Eight, three, is it 3 16 18? That, that's right. It says that you may know the length, the breadth, the depth, the height. That you may be able to comprehend with all things what is the breadth, length, and depth, and height. The next verse. And to know the love of Christ. Which passes all understanding. You see, because your knowledge of it is, the, is, is what will give you the confidence to walk in him in spite of what you are going through and what is happening to you. You see, the prodigal son was able to amend the mistake of his life because he had confidence in his father's love for him. Peter was able to see the prophecy that Christ made of him, whether of him or of what he said. You see, Peter was able to see what he saw, the power of the Holy Spirit that makes him able to say, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk and see the person walk. You see, Peter saw things in spite of all his mistakes. Why? Because of his confidence in the love of Christ for him. I don't know how he got it. But what I know is that he had confidence. What is my evidence? My evidence is you, somebody tells you you are going to deny me three times. And you go ahead to deny him exactly as he said. 
And then, and then when, he, when he comes to see you, you still flow with him. As if nothing has happened. And the difference between Peter and, and Judas is that G- Judas didn't have that love or didn't trust in the love of God for him. So when he looked at his mistake, he said, this, this God cannot love me again. So I would rather never see him again. Let me rather finish it. I don't know if you're understanding what I'm trying to say. Because, you see, whatever Judas did, it was said of him, it was prophesied of him that one of you will betray me. Jesus told it, just like Peter was also told. And I don't think Judas betrayed Jesus any more than Peter did. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you can analyze it, but I don't think Judas, it's like Judas' own was too wild. No. I mean, Judas' own, you see, they've known that he's been, he's, he had an old problem of stealing. Do you get any he had been stealing? And you see, thieves always look for, you see, the the, the, the mind of a thief is more of how to get something quick without sweating much for it. That's the mind of a thief. The mind of a thief is I can gain something without having to labor for it. And you see, if Judas is a thief or was a thief, then his mind at that time was that this guy has a lot of power. This Jesus, he has a lot of power. I mean, from what I've seen him, it's not a problem at all if these Pharisees come for him. He can do some one move. They will all finish. <laughs> but at least I would have gotten my 30 pieces of silver because I've kept my part of the bargain. So you know, guys, you know what? Let me do this. Let me go and promise them that I'll show them where he is alone. I get my 30 pieces of silver. Quick one. When they go and get him, he will finish them. And then cool. He will never know who did it. Do you get it? Now, what happened to Judas? What made him feel the regret that he had was when he realized that the thing was getting serious. And it looks like, it looks like Jesus' power that he had relied on to save the situation was no longer working. is what made him to regret that ah, I've betrayed an innocent soul. So he thought by taking the money back they would leave him. But they said no, no, no. It's a deal. We are still going ahead. It's, we are not changing our minds. Now he didn't have confidence in the love of God the way Peter had. So he went to kill himself. Now, Peter, Peter, the denier or the betrayer of Peter was not for the fact that he, you see, Peter's lie about Jesus was not that he didn't know, they didn't ask him, who is Jesus? 
You see, there are two things here. Knowing somebody is one thing. And knowing who he is is another thing. Now, Peter didn't only know Jesus, but he knew who he is. So to stand there and swear three times that you don't know him uh, is, is the topmost of all lies. Do you get it? But, but what saved Peter? Peter had confidence in the love of Christ for him. Amen. Amen. Good. I don't know whether I'll be able to preach what I came to preach, but I was on my way somewhere, but I felt that it's, it's important. So listen, the Bible is telling us, please, let's go to where we were before we did the tour. Are you with me? And you know, you know if, if there's anything I know that this is not what I prepared to come and share with you. But I feel that this portion is what can sustain you against every satanic onslaught in your life. You see, your confidence in how much God loves you. Because some of you are going to have a man or a human being reject you. Under the influence of Satan, it is intended to, 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 to spoil your life. But you see, when you have this confidence that God loves you, you would then begin to analyze and say, who has rejected me? How does the person who has rejected me compare to God? Do you get it? Because being rejected by a non-significant person is different from being rejected by a significant person. I mean, some of you, as you are here, if you reject me, it doesn't even move my button. I mean, my button that is being held by a thread. Do you get it? It's not being held by concrete. It's being held by a thread. Your rejection of me will not even move the button. The button will not shake. Because who are you? So insignificant. But a significant person in my life, somebody upon whom my breath, my everything depends, when he rejects me, I will be concerned. I'll be worried. So having confidence that this person will never reject me, It's, it's like a, a solid wall behind me. Hallelujah. Because as for being rejected, man will reject you. Man will make you feel a, a human being. No matter what you do for a human being, don't expect that they will never reject you. They can easily reject you. Pray they don't reject you, but they can reject you. But you see, God, the one who does everything for you, you see, the one who doesn't depend on you, the one upon whom you depend, do you get it? Loves you so much that he will never reject you no matter how silly you go. I mean, how low you go. And he, he, would, he would never even say to you that you brought it upon yourself, therefore face it alone. 
in your stupidity, in your stupidity and in your stubbornness to even help you out. You see that, and that is what love is. That's that's how much he loves us. So our confidence or our trust in his love is key to our relationship with him here on earth. Hallelujah. Good. Let's go on, please. Hebrews ten thirty eight is where we are. It says, now the just, please change it, change it, let's go. Now the just shall live by faith. Are you with me? So we have to learn everything about faith. The just shall live by faith. And for some few, two weeks or so, I've been talking about having faith in Jesus. I've been talking about having faith. And like I've been saying, that we have often spoken of faith as in terms of confession of what we want to see in our lives. But faith is more than just our confessions. The concept of faith places so much demands or draws our attention to so many things. And one area that is neglected is the faith that whatever Jesus has said will come to pass. Did you hear what I said? You see, we we are taught to believe that what we say will come to pass. But we also need to believe that what Jesus has said will come to pass. And, and the reason why it is important for us to believe strongly that what Jesus has said will come to pass is because it will prepare us and make us to escape some things that we must escape and make us harvest some good things that we must harvest. You see, Judas, not, not Judas, uh, even Judas, but Peter did not have faith. Or Peter had faith in, in some aspects, but didn't have faith in the aspect of coming to pass of what Jesus says. Pastor, why are you saying that? Because when Jesus said, I think in Luke chapter nine or so when is it look nine or one of them when when jesus told peter no i think nine is too early when peter when jesus told peter that he would deny him peter started talking deny you hello Peter started talking and arguing with Jesus. Why should you say I will deny you? You think I'm like these other guys. Look, I'm not like them. I I will never deny you. Everybody will go away from you, but me, me. Please, just be, be up quickly. 
He said, before the cock crow, you sh thou shalt deny me thrice. <coughs> Where? Matthew 26, but it's also in other places. But is it in the other places? In the, in the other places. Peter was arguing. That, that's the point I want you to know. That's the, that's, that's the point I want to emphasize today. Apart from the bonus one we got earlier. That, you see, faith in God is great. Faith in confessing and believing to come to pass what we want to see in our lives is great. But faith, in other words, confidence and trust in the words of Jesus is key to our success here on earth and hereafter. Please, that's not there. That's not there. Somebody look for There's one in Luke that is better than 22, Luke 22, 34. Just be the beginning of that conversation. And, and, and why, why am I emphasizing on this? You see, just as Peter was arguing with Jesus face to face, we argue with Jesus in our minds. When we read his word, he says, this is what will happen. We say, no, ah, it, it can happen to some people, but it, it's not happening. We don't even pay attention to it. It doesn't feel like what Jesus is saying. He's talking to us. Pastor, what's my evidence? That it doesn't feel like what Jesus is saying is talking to us. My evidence is the lack of works to, 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 to confirm your belief in what Jesus is saying. There, there are no works in our lives. That, that's, that's, that's my argument. Because, because faith always has works. Faith always has works. You see, my belief in the word of God, not only what Jesus has said, but what even the Holy Spirit spoke through the other Servants of God, my belief in it is the reason why I left my practice as a, med a doctor. I didn't feather it. I didn't take it to the highest level. I left it to be a pastor. It, that is the evidence that I believe it. Because you see, when I read that we came into this world with nothing, and we will go out of this world with nothing, but that contentment with godliness is great gain. I agreed with it. I believed it. And I set my life to, fo to follow that belief. Yeah, I set my life to follow that belief. You can explain why I did that because, you see, it's easy for you because you, you have this, you have that. That's your, you see, that, that's, you, you are behaving like Peter. You are behaving like Peter. Yeah, you are behaving like Peter. Please, get me to the verse where Jesus told him before he answered. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Thou, that this night, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. You see, if you have confidence... If you have faith, 
if you have trust in Jesus, not as not only as a miracle working Jesus, not only as a healing Jesus, not only as bread multiplying Jesus, not only as death resurrecting Jesus, but you have confidence in him that his words will come to pass. When he says to you, before the cock crew, thou shalt deny me thrice, the next question you should ask him is, Jesus, how am I going to do it? How is it going to unfold in my life? That's, that's the next question you should ask him. You see, that, that's, that's a mark that what he says, you believe it will come to pass. And you don't wish it to come to pass. So you want to know how it is going to come. Which door is going to be the entry point. And then you start to put a lot of support against that door. Because if the person has told you that this is what will happen to you, he surely must know what will happen to you. Or he, sorry, he surely must know how it will happen. I said, he surely must know how it will happen. So your next question is to find out from him, how is it going to unfold? And is there anything I can do to stop it? But you see, when you don't believe, that's when you set out to argue. This night, before the court production, then what did Peter, what is Peter's response? So the response of Peter are the works of unbelief. Please read on, read, I'm reading. Peter said unto him, though I should die with thee, yet would not I deny thee. Likewise also said the other disciples because they, they, are, they are the choir members. They are not the lead singers. So I hope you understand what I'm saying. Or you don't understand what I'm saying. And I'm here to tell you that. You see, coming to church is great. Are you with me? But believing in Jesus and particularly believing in what he has said should, set the, should be the tone setter for your life. You see, your be because whatever he has said, it will come to pass. Whatever he has said, it will come to pass. So if he says that, if my words abide in you, if he says that if my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. And it shall be done for you. You must believe it and therefore your prayer topics should be how can I have your words abide in me? The absence of efforts to get the words of God, to get the words of Jesus abide in you is the evidence that you don't believe it. You have no confidence in what he has said. Oh, but pastor, I go to church. Jesus never said if you go to church. Going to church is a place to exhibit or it's a place, it's like it's a forum to allow you to exercise what is abiding in you. But it's not only church. 
Going to church is to have a family of like-minded people. But it's not only church. But the most, it's just like going to school. Going to school will not profit you if you don't sit down to study what the school is teaching you. (laughs) If what the school is teaching is not abiding in you, going to school will never profit you. Even though you went to school. It will only give you classmates. And it depends on how far you continued in the school. Because some of you, your classmates will be only up to the first year or the second year. Say, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Forget about asking what you will. Because asking what you will is not a problem at all. The real problem, the real problem that you and I will have is how to have the word abide in us. And so if there's any prayer topic that you want to have a discussion with God about, is the strategies that will work to help the word abide in you. I hope you are here with me. So that's why it bothers me when a Christian doesn't have a Bible. And that's why it bothers me when a Christian doesn't have a good Bible. And that's why it bothers me when a Christian doesn't read the good Bible they have. That's why it bothers me when as a church we don't come up with a lot of meetings that is aimed at getting the word in you. That's why it will bother me when we just come and make you happy and let you go home feeling happy and yet having no power to ask what you will for it to be done in your life. Let me say something to you. You see, every message must lead you to do things. Yeah. So, having said this simple portion, what steps are you going to take to acquire a good Bible? You see, don't just get a Bible because, you see, at first, at first, my thought was that good Bibles are for serious Christians. But now, my mind has changed. Good Bibles are actually for non-serious. Let me put it there. They are actually for beginning Christians. Good Bibles, the most expensive, not necessarily expensive, that the good quality Bibles that makes the Word of God plain and easy to understand are for beginning Christians because a beginning Christian has not the resolution, the resolve to persist until they understand. So the slightest opposition, the slightest difficulty make them give up. So they are the one that must receive the easy to understand Bibles so as to encourage them to read. Because you see, when you read, you have to overcome the difficulty of just reading. Now, not understanding it doesn't help the overcoming of the difficulty of reading. Are you with me? 
So, so a good Bible is actually meant for baby Christians because it has in it an explanation for everything that is written there or for most of the things that are written there. And therefore, it encourages the little Christian, the young Christian to read because when they read, they understand. So you see, if you are a pastor and you are not making every effort for your people to have good Bibles, that explains itself to them. You are not really helping the people. And it is not their fault that they, they backslide. It is not their fault that they backslide because the condition for asking what they want and for it to be done unto them is that the word must abide in them. So if the word is not abiding in them, when they ask what they want, that I want to be a strong Christian, I want to be a stable Christian, it will not come to pass because the word is not abiding in them. I want to stop fornicating. I want to stop this. I want to stop that. I don't like it. You see, what will make it come to pass is the word abiding in them. Because that's the question. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. What I will is that I will live a holy life. What I will, what I will is that I will live to who I say I am. What I will, what I will is I will be what, I, what, what would make me a blessing to people. This is what I will. But when the word is not abiding in me, it doesn't make me fulfill the condition for what I will to come to pass. I hope you are here with me. So you see, if we don't invest in good Bibles, especially, especially for the young Christians. You see, where I am now, the things I'm sharing with you, I have not referred to any reference Bible. No, I've not referred to any reference Bible. Because I've been a Christian for a while, such that now the Holy Spirit, I can hear when the Holy Spirit is explaining to me what I'm reading. I you understand what I'm saying? So I don't, I don't need, I have a lot of study Bibles. I hardly use them. Yeah, I hardly use them. Because, you see, my aim is not to deliver an intellectual sermon. I don't think that's what I'm called to do. So it is if I was called to deliver an intellectual sermon that will make me go into the study Bible, compare what this commentator said, what this said, what this said, all, all those things. Are you with me? But my aim as a pastor is to get the people that I'm shepherding to do what will bring them a blessing. So I don't have to deliver an intellectually excellent sermon. No. I have to bring a sermon as simple as everybody can understand and now engage the people in steps to do what must be done from the message we have received. I hope you are here with me. 
And that's, 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 that's it. So as a church, one of the things, if, you see, if I believe what I'm saying, my actions will be to, to do things that will help you to have the word of God in you. So as a church, we are going to come up with ways of you reading your Bible. Either reading it with you or making you read it to our hearing and we discuss what you have read. And one of the things I'll tell you, you need to do, is to give time. Is to give time to the reading of the Bible. Or anything that has to do with Bible reading. And the easiest way to do what you need to do is to do it in groups. A group action is always helpful. You need to mature to a certain level to do what you need to do alone. Most of us can pray for five hours if we are all here praying. But if you are alone praying, five minutes is very long. Do you get it? And most of us can read the Bible for one hour when we are reading it together as a group. But most of us, five minutes reading of the Bible will be like five years. <laughs> Hallelujah. So listen, when we start all these things, don't say, as for me, I just go to church on Sunday morning. Listen, Sunday morning is not enough. Do you think all I have to say about faith, I will have enough Sunday mornings to say about it? Because, you see, one of the ways of people understanding what you are saying is in the examples you give. And some examples explain different aspects of what you are saying in a better way. So, for what I'm preaching now, for you to fully get it, I must give about six to ten examples. But I can't have the time to because if you watch, when I come and stand here, I tap my iPad because I'm checking the time. I hope you understand it. But we see, we have to give ourselves beyond Sunday mornings. Because some of you, the bad things that you have done, the reason why they've become so part of you, such that now that you are born again and you see how wrong they are, it's difficult to reject them. Is because you gave a lot of time to it. Hello? You gave a lot. To, you didn't do it once in a blue moon. Sometimes you did it the whole week. And so many times, sometimes you travel, you give it three days continuous. I don't know what you are thinking about. And I'm not also thinking about anything. But what I'm saying is that whatever has become part of us did not just wake up in a, in a moment to become part of us. It's because we gave it a lot of time. 
And likewise, having the word of God abiding in us will demand a lot of time. So we must make up our mind that we will give it time. And when you give it time, the wind of God would also help you. Hallelujah. And what you will when you ask will be done. You see, this statement that what you will shall be done is an open check. In other words, Jesus has given us the condition to have an open check. Because what you will will change with every situation. For example, if in summer you are willing for something summerish, do you get it? And you don't have this blank check of what you will. What if the weather changes like Cape Town weather? Because Cape Town weather, it doesn't change according to the days. It changes according to the hours. So it will be summer in the morning. And what you have may be good for summer. But by the afternoon, it's strong winter with wind. Then you discover that what you have for summer is not going to work for winter. So if you don't have a blank check, you can't write out what you need for winter. So you see, this blank check is more important than a specific item. In other words, God is giving us the route to have the ability to have what we need when we need it. And we must believe it. I said we must believe it. I said we must believe it. We have to believe it. And there must be evidence of what we believe. I said there must be evidence of what we believe. What are the works in your life that shows that you believe that if the word of God abides in you, it will make you prosperous by asking what you will. Yeah. Oh, don't say, Pastor, I believe the verse. Show me the evidence of your belief by the works in your life. Let's rise to our feet. I know, I know it's not an exciting message. You know, I know. Don't worry, don't worry. What I pray is the grace to do what we need to do. We believe you've been blessed by this message. Stay in touch by following our social media platforms at Strong Christian Church.